Welcome to Real Christianity, a weekly show designed to help Christians know their Bible, defend their faith, and truly understand what it means to follow Jesus. The premise is simple. The culture is getting louder. The church is getting flashier, but few pastors are teaching on how to live a biblical life. My name is Dale Partridge, along with my incredible wife, Veronica. Join us as we start an important conversation about what it really means to be a Christian. Welcome to Real Christianity. Today we are talking about the four criteria for creating biblical community. This is going to be a good conversation. We're going to really kind of show you our process of how we walk people into community here in Central Oregon in our house church community, uh, the questions that we ask, the process that we take and how that could apply to your life. Uh, but before we get started, a couple things. Um, one, this is a video. If you don't know that, you can always watch this at relearnchurch.org forward slash listen. This is a video that you can watch on YouTube and our YouTube channel you can subscribe to, and we have lots of videos there for you as well. Um, you can also listen to this on Spotify and Stitcher and Google Play and iTunes. Um, if you guys haven't left a review yet, guys, these reviews I'm reading... Just if you get a second, go and read some of the reviews for the show. I mean, some of them will make you cry. They're just amazing. So if you guys haven't left a review, um, all we're asking is that you just go and tap the stars in iTunes. Um, you don't need to do anything else. If you want to write something, we'd love to read it. A um, couple other things before we dive into the, to uh, the, the topic conversation. I don't know. I guess it's both. Um, is we are relaunching the Ultimate Marriage Marriage Mentor Program. Mm -hmm. uh, we've turned it from a one-year program to a six-week program, and we're just finishing the final filming of it and the new website, and it's looking really great. If you want to be notified when enrollment opens, just go to ultimatemarriage.com forward slash notify. We'll just send you an email or a text and let you know. Um, <clears throat> the last thing... I got lots of announcements before. Last thing is uh, my new book, Real Christianity. I just finished the final manuscript. Like mm -hmm. it's done and done and done. And it comes out um, uh, early September. If you guys want to be a part of the launch team or if you want to interview me on your podcast or media outlet, please go to relearnchurch.org forward slash launch. Okay, um, I'll open this up and then Veronica will dive in here in a second. Uh, so we plant house churches. That's what we do. Um, and these are kind of small communities of about 10 to 15 Christian families who gather each Sunday to do church according to the scriptures. That's just in a short nutshell, that's what we do. We do nothing less and nothing more than what the scriptures teach. That's our goal. It's kind of just do biblical church. Um, our central mission is to really establish a culture of Christians who are walking out um, 
growing into and conforming with the teachings of the Bible. That's that's what we do. Now, to say this another way, if um, people ask us, what what do you really do? Um, uh, we would we wouldn't just say, oh, we plant house churches or oh, I'm a pastor. Um, you know, what we really do is build biblical culture. That's at the core what we do is we build biblical culture. We we shepherd followers of Jesus uh, to and through the teachings of Jesus. That's that's what we do. Um, we help kind of men and women understand uh, and, and abide in God's expectation for his children in his community. Um, this is probably close to like a really practical description of what the Apostle Paul did. It's just shepherding people to biblical culture. It's multifaceted, multidimensional, um, and deeply relational. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll let Veronica dive in. Yeah, just hearing you mention that over the years, I think um, Dale and I have probably seen, I don't know, over 100 families come and go, um, you know, some come, some go, from our com- biblical communities here in Central Oregon. Um, but in addition to that, uh, we get so many messages just about every day. I know you definitely do. Mm-hmm. Um, from people who are just curious about biblical house church or um I should just say just biblical church. It doesn't yeah. have to be house church. Um, biblical church or are looking for biblical communities in their area. And we totally get it. We've been there before. Um, and I, we've mentioned it before. Kind of walked through a desert, not really going anywhere. We don't recommend that. Um, but we totally hear you on that. Um, and from the outside, looking in, biblical community can seem like a spiritual oasis. Um where the fruit is just overflowing Mm -hmm. and it is. Um, But the reality is from the outside, people don't see what is required to yield that type of fruit. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. Yeah. They do. I mean, it's just, there's so much internal work. Oh yeah. Everyone wants the results, um, but few are willing to adhere to the doctrines required to achieve them. Yeah. And I mean, when we talk about communities, we have three gatherings here in Central Oregon as of now, um, <clears throat> and uh, probably another one soon, and maybe another one shortly after that. And, you know, we when, when a church gets too big um, to fit a new home, we we don't go get a building. We multiply into another house. And uh, just so if that question comes up in your mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as Veronica said, since we started doing this in 2014, uh, and we were really learning just kind of from the very beginning uh, at that point, and so it's not like, wow, you only have three communities after 2014. Well, there was uh, several years of just learning what to do oh, yeah. before we're multiplying. It was still new to us in 2014. Yeah. So um, we had to learn and figure we, it out. We've probably seen 30 to 40 families leave the community over the years. Um, just like, okay, like that didn't work for them. And, um, or and, moving or whatever it is. Yeah, and some of them had clear callings from God to move away, to move to a different church. Uh, some moved because of a career change. Some do missions. Some doing missions. Mm -hmm. But I'd say that um, maybe a majority, uh, definitely at least half, um, have left because they weren't actually interested in conforming to what the Bible calls Christians to do as the church. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, now we're not perfect, you know, in our churches. And I'm not saying that like, man, we have it right. And if you don't get it, you know, if you don't conform to what we're doing over here, then, you know, you're definitely wrong. That's not what I'm saying. 
Um, I've eaten a lot of humble pie over the years and understand what it means to be humble. But I think you'll understand what I'm saying as we get through this this episode. Uh, but my experience has shown me that people really struggle to embrace the Bible's instructions for real Christian community. Mm-hmm. They, they really do. It's, it's hard on the flesh. It's a struggle, especially if you haven't grown up in that. It is. And what most people have. <clears throat> yeah. And so this show is almost like a, an evaluation, like a personal evaluation uh, tool to see if you, you really do want biblical community. A lot of people say, they, oh, I would love that. Um, mm-hmm. But do you really want it? Um, you know, uh, is this something you're really looking for? Um, and at the end of the episode, if it is something you're really looking for, we'll give you a few uh, tips to kind of further that journey that you might you know, be able to establish a biblical culture or biblical community uh, in your own hometown, because that's a question we get a lot. Um, so let's talk about biblical culture building. Um, and when someone leaves your church, uh, the natural inclination of the flesh is to determine what we did wrong mm-hmm. or what we need to change to prevent people from leaving in the future. Um, sadly, many churches uh, begin to focus on how they can better accommodate people's preferences, even if they're not biblical. And, you know, God forbid uh, the Bible's way of doing something offends them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this is bad thinking to kind of accommodate uh, and kind of cater to cater to some of these desires, the reasons that people leave it. And you'll, we'll find out why Veronica's going to explain. Yeah, just a few days ago, just since you're talking about this, you actually posted uh, a quote on your Instagram that um, I wanted to share since we're kind of on that topic. Yeah. Um, and it said, when a church changes their values to match the current culture, they're no longer following the Bible. They're following the lost. Can you, can you elaborate? Just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I, I, I think about this is that, you know, the only reason that a church should change based on someone leaving is if the party who left did so because the church was doing something unbiblical. And so if someone leaves our community, it's, you know, we're so close. You're like, oh, why did they leave? Like, you want to introspection and go like, what did we do wrong? Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's not anything unbiblical, then, it, you know, it's not us needing to change. Um, uh, you know, however, um, you know, we do not need to change our values or theology uh, in order to make people more comfortable. Like, that's, that's not what we're here to do as the church if we started changing our values and our theology to make people comfortable, um, that's what you get when you have these churches that are doing big giant concerts and aren't really talking about scripture and are talking about prosperity and, or, or just focusing on things that really have nothing to do with the Bible. Um, instead, we really need to focus on creating a culture around the scriptures, around the biblical doctrine. And we offer grace and patience and compassion, uh, but we do not compromise in order to accommodate to ungodly ideas or just because someone doesn't want to conform to a biblical idea. Um, and again, this is deep stuff if you haven't heard this before. Yeah, and and the truth is, at least in, in our experience, um, if you have a strong biblical culture within your community, it's going to naturally push people away who are not willing to harmonize. Yeah. Um, meaning when people leave, they're not leaving because of you. Yeah. They're leaving because of the Bible. Um, and they probably won't admit that, but 
No, they, they usually come up with another reason. Um, uh, and and you know what? I'm not one to say that, that it's invalid or valid. Um, but in my experience, that they come up with, we get we're escape artists from accountability, and so we come up with these really creative ways to kind of um, avert our the attention to something else. Uh, I should say divert the attention to something else. Yeah. Um, and now for us, I think the best way, uh, to limit the coming and going, uh, the coming and leaving experience is to be ultra clear and upfront with the families who are interested in being part of the communities, um, in the first place. Yeah. So, um, to be clear, we don't layer on any more expectations than what the Bible calls for, but we also do not accept anything less than what the Bible calls for either. Yeah. And, and so again, this is, we're going to talk about, um, there's also grace for people who you, they're, they're, they're eager to grow. They're wanting to learn. They're wanting to grow and they're, they're not there yet. Yeah. And so we have grace for those people who are on the journey. It's not a black um, and white process. Right. Um, but we're going to try to give you a, a somewhat of a format that I think is just helpful for you to guy, you guys to go, Oh wow, that that's what biblical culture is. And, um, and if you are interested in at some point creating a biblical community where you're at, uh, from the five years in which we've been doing this every single week, these are some things that we've learned. Um, but when a family is interested in joining our community, um, we do what a house church, you know, a house church from China or a house church from Bulgaria, a house church from Iran, house churches all around the world do. And we go to dinner or coffee with these people first. Okay. And, um, you know, we, 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 we want to get to know these people. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's what we want to do. It's really a safety precaution as well. Um, in China or any other persecuted church region in the world, you don't just let someone come to your house church because they're interested in wanting to come to your house church. Uh, this is how people have been put in jail. Our entire churches have been killed or martyred. Uh, because of that. I mean, it's not a wise thing to do. Um, no, you you go and you attempt to build authentic relationship with these folks. You answer their questions. You ask questions. Um, uh, again, these people will be in your home. They're going to be around your children. Mm-hmm. They're going to be around your friends' children. They're going to have authority to speak and teach in the church gathering, um, uh, according to scriptures. Uh, the scriptures. Um, you know, there's a bit of a protective shepherd role to play when you invite people into a biblical community. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I know some of you guys are thinking, but what about like the lost, like people that don't know J- Jesus? Like, what what if they want to come? Well, in in a in a house church experience, that's usually not the case because we don't have a building, we don't have a website. We're not. It's usually uh, not something we're dealing with. Um, I, my 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 just quick. We're not spending time on this today. Touch on it quickly. Touch on it quickly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just kind of ecclesiology on evangelism in the church is that this this isn't a time, um, the church isn't a time to do evangelism. Evangelism is an outward work. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. It's an outward work. You never see in the scriptures this being an activity that happens in the church. It's always an activity that happens outward. Individuals are called to go and preach the gospel, baptize people, disciple them, and then bring them to the church. Uh, we're not supposed to just bring them to the church and outsource our role of evangelism to the paid pastor so that he can 
do the evangelism for us. The idea of church being an evangelism hub isn't something you see in the scriptures. Evangelism and the church meeting are separate endeavors, and the church itself really is for the meeting of the saints. It's the edification of the body to do the work of the ministry. This is what the gathering is for. Um, if you look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Ephesians 4, it kind of explains this idea uh, that it's for the edification. But Side note. I digress. Um, and so I'm moving back now to the conversation of the process that we have. And the heart of the reason to get to know these people through these dinners and through these coffees is to understand what biblical community really is. And I'll tell you, we've done it how many, I mean, we've had hundreds of dinners with families, right? Like mm -hmm. that are yeah. curious and we, we, you know. And yeah, some have decided to not come actually after those dinners and some have decided to come and check it stay out stay or leave yeah and this you know because the institutional church has trained christians to view and understand church in a way that has very little to do with the bible um this means there's a lot of unlearning and relearning to do mm -hmm. in terms of when it comes to church we just met with a, a couple today who comes from a um a baptist orthodox um russian church and was asking us all these questions. And like, I was like, well, there's, there's really nothing in the Bible that says to do it like that. Mm -hmm. And it was just a lot of unlearning and relearning to do. And so uh, we, we all kind of walk in with some of that stuff. And so over a handful of dinners, we usually do two to four dinners uh, with families. Uh, here's what I would say the four scriptural requirements for Christians who want to do church according to the Bible. And, um, and they're, they're pretty heavy, and I'm excited to share them with you guys. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode. We wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online marriage mentor program at our companion ministry, ultimatemarriage.com. Yeah, Dale and I designed a powerful biblical curriculum with six themes, one for each week. Here's how it works. Every seven days, Dale and I release a 45-minute video lesson on that week's theme, plus a weekly marriage challenge PDF for you and your spouse to incorporate those teachings directly into your marriage. Yeah, it's an incredible program where we cover everything from sex and money to children and biblical roles. But more than that, it's also an incredible community. You'll have access to our private online group and the Ultimate Marriage text message line where Veronica and I can send our regular encouragements and wisdom straight to your phone. The catch is this. We try to limit the number of couples in the program at one time to assure a quality and intimate experience. So if you're interested in joining the program, enroll now at ultimatemarriage.com. Again, that's ultimatemarriage.com. Yeah, so as we um, go through these, it might be a now would be like a good time. It might be a good exercise for you to examine if you would thrive or end up leaving a biblical community. Um, so let's dive in. The first thing that is central to being part of a biblical community is first thing. Number one, do you allow scripture to be authoritative? Yeah. Authoritative in your life. Mm -hmm. The first thing uh, that people generally ask is, does the Bible have authority in your life? Um, Oh, sorry, the first thing that we usually ask is, yeah. does the Bible have authority in your life? Um, do you submit to scripture, even if it's unpopular or uncomfortable? Um, or 
do they have a pick and choose relationship with scripture? Yeah. Are they pulling a theology that's just kind of cherry picking? Like, I like this verse. I like that mm-hmm. verse. I like this idea. I like that idea. I don't like that idea. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that over there, though. It's written in scripture. Yeah, that's that's not my thing. Uh, we have to remember that we received the gospel because it was written down in the Bible. So if you're not going to believe the rest of the Bible is true, then why is, should the gospel be true? Mm-hmm. It's so interesting to me how people do that. They go, oh, I don't want to listen to that verse right there or that verse over there, or that verse over there. But hey, I love the gospel. It's very illogical. It's a very contradictive idea. Um, 2 Timothy uh, 3.16-17 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God, man mean man and woman, man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. You combine that with the promise of scripture that God cannot lie. um, And you, you have a dilemma that the Bible is true or it's not. Um, and when it says that all scripture is given by inspiration of God, and we've done episodes on this idea before, mm-hmm. um, but this is really important. You don't try to go do biblical community with families who are not interested in having the scriptures be authoritative in how they live. Mm-hmm. And because you're always going to be playing by different rules. Yeah. If you, if you are in a community with people that do adhere to the Bible is authoritative, then you always have something to go back to. Yes, and you don't need to worry about the emotions that get involved and engaged. We need to care for the emotions. We need to be gentle with each other. But at the end of the day, I don't want your emotions to be the arbiter of what we're doing. We're going to just do what the scriptures teach. And if we're all unified on that, man, you can do community because there's guidelines and there's rules. And again, what are the purpose of rules in a game? To give you a clear path to win. They're not bad. They're not here to oppress you. They're here to give you a clear path to win. Um, Every Christian doctrine, whether it's the doctrine of God, sin, salvation, is drawn from the Bible. If we can't trust the Bible, then we've lost the very foundation of our faith. Mm -hmm. Um, To put it in the terms of Psalm uh, 11.3, it says, If the foundations be destroyed, what shall the righteous do? And so, yeah, the the first thing that's so critical, if you're going to do church with other people is that everybody believes that the scriptures are inerrant and true and authoritative in the way they live. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this conversation about scripture generally leads to a flurry of questions um, about interpretation. And then people, these are like the first questions people usually ask us. Um, Well, how do you view women in the church or what about head coverings, which we've done podcasts on these before? Um, What do you do with the children or um, do you guys do church discipline? Uh, yeah, and uh, giving, how does that work? And, and which we just did a podcast on that. And so these are common questions. There's actually like 10 of them I, I have written down because I just, I, I train church planters and I go, man, these 10 questions They're, you're going to yeah, get. Yeah, the first questions that people always ask. Always ask. Mm-hmm. And you got to have the answers for them. Um, but then we walk these families through their questions. We, we take them through scripture over these dinners and we walk them through and we let them make their own decision. We're not trying to convince anyone to come and be a part of what we're doing. No, very, I mean, almost every time we're gathering with people, we say, you know, if this is where the Lord's leading you, we'd love to have you. But if this isn't where he's leading you, then don't come. Like, that's fine. We're not going to be offended. If you choose to go to another church, that's totally fine. I'll even say, we don't want you here if the Lord doesn't want you here. Mm -hmm. Like, don't come for us. Um, Come for God's leading you to this place. Mm -hmm. 
uh, to be with his people. You know, God is building his church. Jesus says, on this rock, I will build my church. He is building the church. I don't need to worry about it. I need to sell the church idea. Uh, the Lord is building the church. Um, and we're simply called just to be faithful to his word. But when people learn how serious we are about the scriptures and how much we hold those in, in such high honor, um, they either love it or they pull back. And so that's why it's, a, it's like the first thing you got to deal with um, in, in a conversation with folks if you're trying to start a biblical community is, is the scriptures true? And interestingly, the, the people that pull back um, are sometimes uh, the people who say, man, I want to do church like the book of Acts. I want to do the Acts church, man. That's like what everybody says. I want to do like that. Yeah, I read that and I want to do that. And um, man, I, I'm just here to tell you, the Acts church, the first century Christians, man, they believed in scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, it says that they labored in the apostles' doctrine in Acts chapter two. Um, and so w- what about you? Is, is the Bible authoritative in your life and how you live? Um, are you excited and hungry for being in a community that loves the Bible? That's the first criteria. All right. Second thing we're going to discuss, which will be number two, are you hungry for God? Yeah, that's the, that's the second point. First one is... Do you want more? Yeah, do you want more? Yeah. Um, A.W. Tozer once said, uh, to have found God and still pursue him is the true evidence of love. So are you looking uh, for a church solution because it's something that you know is good for your life? Or are you looking for a church because you're so in love with God mm-hmm. that you want to pursue him with his people? Yeah. Yeah, and this is this is a, a great discussion that'll kind of naturally reveal um, if a person is a Christian by philosophy or even by what I call bibliology, meaning that they really enjoy the, the, the moralism of the Bible, but they don't actually have a relationship with Christ. Hmm. Um, and I think there's a lot of people out there that have that. They really love the conservative politics and they really love Jesus, the idea. They really love, you know, um, just the, the, yeah, you know, Hey, no swearing and, and live, live clean and don't have sex before you're married. They, they love those, those boundaries, but they're, they're not actually in a deep saving faith relationship with Christ. And, um, and so we're looking for people if they're hungry for God, you can even say, man, scripture's authoritative. It's, it's, it's there and still not have a hunger for God. Like you kind of go like, Hey, I found him mm-hmm. like, I'm here. Like, that's all, you know? Um, and usually what that is in my experience is it's someone who lacks the vision of the kingdom. Hmm. Um, the Bible says where there is no vision, the people perish. And man, if you don't see God and his work in the world and your ministry that he's given you, it's easy to not be hungry for God. But over the years, we've met many of these, um, these people, they, they, these people that are in this philosophy, Christianity, I call it churchianity. Um, they, they love the values of the Christian life, but it's, it's not a daily heart driven relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Um, and if, again, if you don't love God deeply, you'll actually be confused by those who do Hmm. and eventually feel out of place in a biblical community and you'll eventually leave or, or like have a, a moment with God, like where you come closer and I've seen families that do that, just like a breakthrough. And you go, oh, or they just go, I, I don't get it, guys. And then they they walk away. 
Yeah. Uh, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 38, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. It usually takes time for this to become evident. Um, if they're hungry or not. Yes. Um, but the discussion up front usually starts the personal evaluation if it's needed. Yeah. Um, and so the third thing we're going to try to determine when meeting new folks is number three. Are you eager to grow and bear fruit? Yeah. So again, I want to just kind of review these real quick. Um, we have number one is, do you allow scripture to be authoritative? Mm-hmm. Number two is, are you hungry for God? Um, and the third one is, are you eager to grow and bear fruit? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to read a passage in Hebrews. Um, actually, babe, why don't you read it? Hebrews 5, 12 through 14. Yeah, let's start there. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Yeah, so pretty heady passage of scripture. Um, And what I want to talk about here is... The apostle is saying, when you're a baby, you can't digest anything but milk. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. If you're new to the gospel, um, you need the gospel. You You need the gospel. You have to start somewhere. Yeah. You need the the milk parts of of the the doctrines of God. Um, But as an adult, you cannot grow on milk alone, right? Mm -hmm. You you need something else to to provide the sustenance for, for growth. And sadly the vast majority of the Western church is trying to survive on rations of milk. Mm-hmm. That's really what we are. We're on starvation rations of milk. We, we never get to the deep end of the pool. And um, so again, this topic that we're talking about is, are you eager to grow and bear fruit? Um, and, uh, you know, you need meat to digest, to produce growth and maturity and with growth and maturity comes fruitfulness. Um, you don't have a lot of fruit that comes from the, the growth from milk. Because milk's really just to get you started. But you need to eventually start eating meat just like a child does so they can start to continue to really grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, baby, I think uh, what you're saying is that there should be, there should be a desire to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, a desire for content that is nourishing to make you more mature. Mm-hmm. Um, in my experience, I grow through the consumption of meaty elements of, of God's doctrine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then through obedience to those things is when the fruit appears. Yeah. I mean, think about some of the things that you're, you're reading Romans right now, right? And it's hard because Romans is hard for me to read sometimes. I'm like, dang, this is heavy stuff. I have to go back and read it a few times, back and read it a few times. But you know, we were talking uh, when we were a night away and you were mentioning just some like, wow, this is some some heavier, deeper thinking content. And it's moments like that that you go, you're expanding your understanding of who God is, mm-hmm. you know, your, your faith and just this desire to even go and look at Romans and to even go sit and reread a section because you want to know God more. I mean, is that something that you're just kind of enjoying that expansion experience when you go through the Bible? Yeah, definitely. I think at first, um, 
naturally in my flesh, it's intimidating. Um, but I, I love the Lord and I want to grow and I want to understand his word. And so, uh, yeah, it is enjoyable. And I'm grateful that you're my husband because you <laughs> have to explain it to me. <laughs> well, and I, I think, you know, the cultiv- the cultivation of growth does not occur alone, just as Veronica said right there. Like, I'm involved as her husband. Um, there might be other women involved in her life uh, in that journey of growth as well. It doesn't occur alone. And this is an important element of this kind of section. Are, are you eager to grow and bear fruit? Because cultivation of maturity, of Christian maturity, does not occur alone. And we're part of a body, as what the scriptures tell us, uh, that is called to relational accountability and, I would say, purification. And I'll explain what purification means. Um, Galatians 6.1, brethren, if any man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. We have a responsibility to restore and to correct, right? Uh, 2 Timothy 4.2, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. There's a, a purification, a growing element, a, a uh, kind of nurturing element that goes on in the body of Christ. James 5, uh, 19 through 20, brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, someone takes initiative to turn him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from error of his way will have a soul, will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. Um, Matthew 18 talks about how to deal with a brother or sister who's sinned against you uh, and, and how to restore such a person. First Corinthians chapter five talks about church discipline and how that's to be uh, walked out. So again, it's a purification system. We are a body. We're not independent entities. We're a body together and we grow together and we, we nurture and bear fruit with one another. And it's a not an independent, isolated, my relationship with Jesus over here in the corner type thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what this means is that the health of your marriage is my concern. Yeah. Like the health of that those people's marriage over there uh, in our community, uh, it, it's our concern. Yeah. And the health of our parenting is your concern. Yeah. Like the, if you see something off, have a conversation about it. And we're, we're willing to hear it. Right. Totally. And yeah. And it, so it also means that overlooking sin, which is injuring to your soul, is not loving. Um, so this this is biblical community. Um, so that leads us to our fourth and final criteria, which is, are you willing to participate? Mm-hmm. If you don't have this last piece, it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't work. We've had many people over the years like leave just because there's just not willing to participate. And not even maybe because they don't want to, or they're just, there's just, you know, sometimes it's an introvert thing. Sometimes it's like a, it's all, it takes a lot of growth to kind of participate. Um, so let, let me, I'll, I'll walk you guys through this one too. Um, but again, number one is, do you allow scripture to be authoritative in your life? Are you hungry for God? Even though you've already found him, do you still pursue him? Are you eager to grow and bear fruit? Um, and then the last one, are you willing to participate? Because we talked about before in the previous point, it's together that we grow. Um, sure, the Lord's teaching you one-on-one, but together there's a lot of growth to be done. Community, this word community, man, this generation loves the word community. It takes a village. Yeah, they have no idea what the word community really means in the biblical sense. But, but community does not mean I'll engage with you as long as I don't have anything better to do. Um, and so that's how like 
most people view church. It's like, I'll be there if I have nothing better to do. But if my family's in town, then I won't be there. If, you know, we have uh, an opportunity to go do something fun for the day, then we won't be there. And I'm not saying that we need to have this like cutthroat legalistic, you gotta be at church every Sunday. But again, our heart should be, man, we wanna be there because it's the people of God. We wanna be there with them. Um, biblical community is built on commitment and obligation to one another. Uh, Hebrews chapter t- uh, 10, is it 10 or 13? Oh, geez. Um, I think it's 10. No, it's maybe it's 13. Anyways, you have to look it up, guys. Not forsaking the gathering of yourselves together as is the manner of some. Um, but instead, we're to be exhorting one another um, until the day of the Lord appears. I'm paraphrasing slightly. Um, but you cannot read the New Testament, see the nearly 100 one another's of Scripture, and start to view those as optional behaviors and moments of convenience. That is impossible to do if you read the Bible. Love one another. Have peace with one another. Pray for one another. Forgive one another. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. I mean, this is a call to deeply engaged relationship. When you start looking at these, Paul writes 60% of the one another's in the New Testament, but there's lots from Jesus. There's some from Peter and James. And you get through there and you go, wow, you cannot do Christian life alone. It is a participatory activity of one anothering in scripture to carry out those doctrines in real life. Yeah, we've been trained uh, to view church as a place to go and to consume when in reality, it's a people to join and contribute. Yes. Um, so, and we also have to realize that friendship is not fellowship. Mm-hmm. We confuse those things a lot. Um, yeah, it's it's not fellowship. Um, we have lots of we we want to kind of take the experience of the world, my friends, and apply it to church, my friends. There, there's a the Bible calls for a different, sure, there is friendship within fellowship, but fellowship is different. Um, fellowship, the word of the Greek means koinonia, and that's the New Testament Greek word for fellowship is koinonia. And it means to participate with those in which you have something in common, and that thing in common is Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, are, are, are you willing to participate, are you willing to enter into relationship on somebody else's terms mm. when it's inconvenient for you? Um, I'll tell you what, pastoring is all about that. You get to enter into a situation, a relationship. You don't have a natural affinity, maybe. They have a problem that you have to deal with that is n- not convenient. It's all about entering in on relation on uh, relationship on someone else's terms because you love them, because you want to shepherd them or seek the, the best for them. Um, um, are you willing to be known? This is another thing. Mm-hmm. People, if you want to be in biblical community, you're not willing to be known. It's never going to work. You got to be willing. To, now it could take time. It's okay if it takes a little bit of time to get there, Right. but you got to eventually be known. And are you willing to be exhorted and corrected? Are you willing to give exhortations and corrections? Um, it's awesome. We've been corrected so many times over the years. And we've corrected others. What a, what a loving thing to do. If someone saw something in our marriage or our parenting and didn't bring it up to us, what a, that is not loving. So we love 
when someone comes to us in a, with the truth in love and presents us a correction. Mm-hmm. Um, are, are you willing to care for others? Are you willing to leave margin in your schedule to have time for other people? Uh, are you willing to serve and labor in people's lives? Um, if you are, it's because you love people. That's why. Because it's, it's not easy on the flesh to do that. It's because you love people. And if you love people, you're going to do great in biblical community and what the church is really about. And, but if you're concerned about your needs um, only, if you're focused on what you get, and what you want out of the church experience, um, or you're too busy to engage with others because you're not prioritizing, uh, family, you have no margin, uh, you, you can't serve anybody, um, you leave no space for anything else, um, you're, you're never going to experience the beauty of biblical community. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'd say this is why it takes so much to be a church planter of one of these types of gatherings. I really do think that you need to be trained um, for an extensive period of time before you want to go out and plant a church community um, uh, doing this. And it's something that our ministry really hopes to do. Uh, Next year, 2020, we're going to try to build a curriculum on church planting training. uh, What I would say is a seminary grade curriculum you're going to have to fly out to Central Oregon and spend some time in our communities here and really get a chance to experience it, go to dinners with people, feel it um, online, books to, re- to read, papers to write, videos, lectures, interviews, whole thing. Um, that's something that we've been praying about, and Lord willing, um, it comes next year. But ultimately, when people behave like Jesus and think like Jesus, the natural result is biblical community. And so when you come into a community like this, small gathering, just like Jesus's gathering, which is, you know, his 12 guys, maybe a couple more people here and there, and you start just walking and living that way, it's amazing. It's like, wow, this is like the environment for the Christian. This is like where I need to be. Um, But it's hard. It's difficult. Um, It's not a culture that's friendly to the flesh. Uh, It's a spiritual culture. It's, it's ran upon the economics of God's kingdom and not the world system. And so this idea of like, it's spiritual and it feels good in the spirit. It's, it's not going to feel good in the flesh. Let me tell you why. Galatians 5.17 says, For the flesh wars against the spirit and the spirit wars against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. And so, man, these cultures, you walk in, you go, wait, ooh, you're going to correct me. Ooh, I have to conform. Ooh, I have to mature. Ooh, I have to grow. Ooh, I have to pray. Ooh, I have to sacrifice. Oh, I have to serve. I have to, uh. That stuff's hard in your flesh. But if you have a kingdom perspective, you go, oh, I'm so excited to serve. I'm so excited to, to give. I'm so excited to pray. I'm so excited to worship. I'm so excited to be a part of that person. I'm so excited to help. You shift everything into spiritual perspective because you have a view of God's kingdom. And again, this is what shepherds are called to do. This is what we do as a couple. This is what I do as a shepherd is, is we build biblical culture. By the grace of God and the patience of God uh, and the humility of God, I aim to help establish biblical culture in these community, kingdom cultures, I guess a good way to put it. Um, I said at the beginning, if you're interested in doing something like this, 
it's so big, you know, like there's so much. Um, I do offer uh, calls, like I do weekly calls with a handful of guys all around the world who are trying to establish a biblical community in their area. Um, that's something that I do. I only have limited time. We do it in trade for donations to our ministry. Um, if you're a pastor or, and you have like some theological training maybe already, um, uh, if you don't, that's fine. But I, it really lends itself to a faster experience if you have the theology kind of established already. Um, you can email my assistant, Christy, uh, at relearnchurch.org, and she will um, facilitate that conversation if that's something you're interested in. Um, the other thing is you can go to relearnchurch.org, and we got lots of articles and things like that, uh, podcasts, videos that might help you on that journey. You can also start by going to relearnchurch.org forward slash biblical dash church. And I wrote kind of like a white paper on what is biblical church. We have a little bug zapper in our studio and it doesn't freak me out at all, but Veronica flinches every time. And uh, it's summertime guys. So it's starting it's to get like some. like three times during this recording. <laughs> We're starting to get some more bugs. Um, we should probably turn that off during our, our yes, filming. Yes, we should. Um, anyways, guys. Hopefully this is helpful. And quick review, biblical culture is, are you going to allow the scriptures to be authoritative? Are you hungry for God? Are you eager to grow and bear fruit? And are you willing to participate? If you are, man, biblical culture is going to be great for you. You would love that. So anything else to add? No. It's nine something o'clock over here. It's 10 10 o'clock here, guys. We are recording at night. So we're going to check out for the night. (laughs) Anyways, thanks guys for listening to this episode. Um, If you guys have any questions, you can always uh, get the uh, podcast notes and the scriptures that we reference at relearnchurch.org forward slash listen. And we will see you guys next week on the Real Christianity Podcast. Take care. See ya. Hey, Dale Partridge here. I recently heard a disturbing statistic. Only 11% of Christians have read the entire Bible. Now, we can't wonder why the church is being influenced by the culture more than the culture is being influenced by the church. The vast majority of Christians don't know God's word because they've never read it. We cannot live out what we do not understand. So Veronica and I want to challenge you right now to read the Bible in one year. We've put together a basic 365-day reading plan that'll take you no longer than 20 minutes per day, and you can download it for free at relearnchurch.org forward slash Bible. Again, that's relearnchurch.org forward slash Bible. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Real Christianity. Real Christianity is an audio ministry of relearnchurch.org. If you'd like more information on how to live out a biblical life, relearnchurch.org hosts a variety of articles, podcasts, sermons, and videos to support your journey. Real Christianity is a 100% listener-supported ministry, and if you'd like to support our efforts, simply click the Donate tab at relearnchurch.org. You can also connect with both Veronica and I on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for daily lessons and Bible teachings. Thank you for being with us today. We hope to see you next Wednesday for another episode of Real Christianity.